Friends and professionals, welcome to another Modern Lending Podcast Live. And if you're hanging out in the future and listening to this, uh, drop a note. It's always fun to, that, to watch the impact of some of these things as it rolls through the internets. Uh, today, I'm sticking with my East Coast people. We're bringing on Tammy Kranich. We're going to have a great conversation about what's going on in lending today, what's gone on before, and what we need to continue to do to win in 2023. She's a fantastic originator, and we're going to find out what kind of a grinder she really is. And look, before we start, I don't need anyone to make fun of my hair, okay? I know I need a haircut. It's like poking out weird here. Just watch your, watch your mouth, all right? Let's start it off. <laughs> Tammy, welcome. Good to have you. Thanks for hanging with me. Hello. Happy Friday, everyone. I love it. Um, we're live. So if for people that are asking questions and tuning in, um, please feel free to ask any questions you want. This is a collaborative conversation about how we can get better in our industry. And so Tammy, how long you been doing loans? So August 14th was my 20th year. So I just celebrated my 20th year. I started when I was 12. Exactly. Yeah, and that's seven. amazing. Yep. You were in the, yep, you're stacking files and all the good yep. stuff. Yep. Um, um, so Tammy's an amazing originator, everybody. She's done huge, been chairman's elite for years, uh, always top, top 1% in the industry. And uh, we're going to talk about what's helped her become successful, what she's doing now, how she's pivoted, all that fun stuff. So let's go back to the early days, Tammy. How did you find the industry? How'd you get started? Well, I found it like a lot of other people by accident. Yes. Um, I was in the medical field for a long time. I got married. I moved to Connecticut. The medical field was a lot different in Connecticut than it was where I'm from. I'm a Jersey girl. Holla to my Jersey people. Um, and um, I was working in corporate. So I got a job as a receptionist, got promoted to being a secretary. And I realized very quickly that I absolutely hated it. I was not a very good secretary. And um, I ended up getting laid off. And I was 27 at the time. I know, big surprise. So I got laid off from that job and I got a severance package that was pretty, I worked for a big company and I got laid off and they gave me a pretty decent severance package. So now it was, what am I gonna be when I grow up? I was 27, it's funny, at 27, I thought I was kind of old and I was too old to go back to school and all this. So um, I was trying to figure out what to do. Do I go back to school to be a teacher? Do I go back into the medical field? Like, what am I going to do? I had been married for a couple of years at that point. And uh, a friend of mine said, why don't you get into the mortgage business? And I was why like, not? I, I don't know what a mortgage is. <laughs> you know, at that point, my husband had bought our house before we got married. So I had never been through the home buying process. So I was like, so that weekend, my husband and I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought the book mortgages for dummies and i read it cover to cover yes. that weekend and i taught myself the business from a consumer standpoint from mortgages for dummy i actually still have the book so i was gonna say is it on the if it was on this book stand behind you that'd be amazing that, um you know what i should have brought it in you should have it yeah you should have it you got to keep this book this is like secret so i taught my book i saw taught myself the book taught myself the business from a consumer's point of view and so that's what i did um one of my first loans was a doctor. So I'm getting, I'm at the doctor's office. I'm getting an exam. He's like, so what are rates doing now? And I'm like, can we just focus on the exam? And um, 
I met him for lunch like that afternoon and I refinanced his loan. And that was one of the yes. things I did. Um, so, the first year in the business, I had no idea what I was doing. I made, <laughs> I worked like 16 hours a week. I made as much money as I did in my corporate job. And I was like, wow, this is great. Plus I was collecting unemployment still. I had my severance package. I was collecting unemployment. Rolling. It was great. I was like, this is the best job ever. Um, but I did a lot of refis. And yeah. So this is what I want to, I want to, this is where I want to start our conversation. Cause um, you know, the whole intent of the season, if you're just tuning in and, and you're like, what's going on with modern lending? What's the season this about? Um, we're, we're trying to get as tactical as possible because we all came through a really hard end of 2022. And, you know, a lot of people got their business shaken up and it's just normal and down cycles for this to happen. So I'm like, you know what, let's just bring on great originators and talk about tactics and strategies, mindset, things they can do to continue to grow their business. So in the early days for you, Tammy, in the early days, you know, I know you're hustling out, getting some refis. What did you start to do to, to break into the purchase world and to really kind of start setting your career up? So actually, uh, it was a long time. So I got into the business in 2002. It wasn't until 2005 that I um, ended up working for a broker shop that was like, you need to focus on purchase business. And I had no idea. I had, up from 2002 to 2005, I never even wrote a purchase loan. So I didn't even know oh. what that meant. Um, that was where I learned how to grind for agents and go after agents. Um, and, you know, I was the rate sheets and donuts person. I mean, that's okay. what you did. You show up with rate sheets and donuts. So, no, I'm, I love this because it's not, it's so relevant even today. It's such a missed art, you know, because we're so digital, which I, you know, everyone that listens to me is like, I'm super digital guy, but like you cannot downplay the physical and the local. So did you have a milk route? Like, did you have a, you know, did you, like rate sheets and donuts? What'd you do? Like, so the reps that used to come in, so coming from a broker shop, reps used to come in to our, like wholesale reps for mortgage used to come mm -hmm. into our shop and they would bring rate sheets and donuts. Yeah. So, and they were like, hey, what are you working on? And I'm like, oh, as a matter of fact, I do have a deal. So I mimicked what they did. Plus <laughs> coming from the medical field, drug reps used to come in all the time with mm -hmm. pens and stuff and- it, Yep. You know, Chuck they would keys. just try to nail the doctor down and, hey, can I have 30 seconds of your time? So I learned from that, from the drug rep world, and I learned from what our reps were doing with the wholesale side. And that was kind of my approach. I was like, okay, I, I had no idea how to do this. So no training. There's no sales training on this. Oh. I, I um, It's actually kind of funny. I got my sales training. I read Brian Tracy's book, Psychology of Selling. And they were on cassette tapes that I got from the library. Old school. Old school. Old and, school. Um, so, so that was what I did. So probably from 2005 to 2007, that's what I did. Um, and I, I, I got a little bit of traction. Uh, you know, I was, it was, it was hard. It was hard back then going to open houses. Um, what's interesting is I've gone back to those roots and that's what I'm doing now. And I actually feel... I feel kind of bad for the newer loan officers now because that's the way you have to do it. And and agents aren't sitting in their offices anymore. So it's a lot harder to do it. You have to ambush them in a way that's not weird. That Let's unpack that because that was my question. My question was, what was your strategy when you'd pop in, whether it was to now, now, now let's merge it all, whether today or in the past that you still use to, you know, 
quote, ambush this agent and that you've never, you know, what, what do you do and what, what do you find that works? So I always, I always knew I had to come in with something of value because I know when those drug reps came in, they literally had half a second between the doctor going in between rooms to try to stop them. And so I knew I had to have something good. And the drug reps used to come in with a product or a new drug that they were presenting or a study that they, a case study that they had showed. So that was kind of the approach I took. Like, um, I was yeah. like, okay, what new product? So I really had to understand underwriting guidelines and yeah. really understand thinking of things from an agent's perspective. Okay, they don't want me sitting in their office and, and our, our reps, our wholesale reps were the same way. They would come in, all right, what can I do to help you close this loan? Yeah. So I kind of went into it with that perspective. What do I have that's, what do I have that's gonna be interesting enough to stop you for 10 seconds just to at least remember my name? Yeah. Now, we didn't have cell phones yet. Yeah, right. I think cell phones were just coming out, but it wasn't the norm yet. Well, you definitely didn't have smartphones. Seven yet. Yeah, no, definitely no smartphones at all. No, no smartphones. I think I had a flip phone still yep. at that point. So, um, oh, so, so something of value. What? What? So you mentioned products. Yep. Was there so, other stuff you do? So at that point, so you know, back then it was easy. You just had to have a pulse to get a loan. So you know, I would ask them. Hey, are there any people? Is there any loans that you have had to turn down? Um, we had a wholesale rep that would do like 500 credit score with 100% financing. Crazy you came stuff. with niches. You came niches, with niches. Niche stuff. Like I, I, I wanted to be different. Everybody could do a 30 year fixed rate. What is some of the, you know, what is some of the subprime stuff that you're working on that I can help you with? So I kind of went in with that, and I gave scenarios rather than saying, "Do you have somebody that's this?" I would say, "Do you have somebody who's self employed that's been yep. turned down?" So I gave them a scenario, which I took that from the wholesale reps that used to come in. Now, you mentioned it was hard. And so I want to spend a few minutes on that because it's hard now. I mean, it really is. You know, so if someone's brand new to the industry or someone is feeling brand new because the rug got swept out from under them, you know, you're talking 2005, six, seven, that's three years. Um, but I'm assuming you, you, you got loans during that time from somewhere. You dug them out of the earth, you know. Give, give some people some perspective of like what the real work takes. Like what does it take? So it really took outworking the people around you. Oh yeah. And that has been something that I carry with me to this day. It's always, you always have to be focused on your purchase business. And I know a lot of people don't like to work with real estate agents. Um, but for me, that has been my lifeblood is yep. real estate agents. I, I can really feel where some new people are coming from, where they just came off this great refi boom, made mm -hmm. a lot of money and thinking, wow, this, this is This could really be something. And then all of a sudden like that, and that's really how it felt back then yep. overnight. You're like, what just happened? Um, so from that moment, I have always focused on my purchase, but I didn't do a lot of refis. I mean, I did my past clients refis, Yep. But I didn't do, I wasn't like the refi queen um, in the last two years. It was still focusing on my purchase business and always focusing on my realtors. So when I say hard, you have to be, you have to think like, who are you targeting and what are they worried about? I, so much so that I, I take classes now for real estate agents more than I take classes for, for loan <laughs> officers. I love that. Like, give me an example. What was the last one? Do you remember? So, yeah, I just took a class on how to I'm giving a lunch and learn now on how to generate leads for how to generate leads for realtors. 
And it's all stuff that I've already learned how to do for myself. But now that it's the, the table, the, the script has been flipped yeah. on how to do it for real estate agents. How do, where do you get your leads from? I'm getting my leads from you, a real estate agent. Where are they supposed to get their leads from? And the secret hint is it's not buying them off Zillow. Yeah, no um, kidding. But how to grow a VIP list. I've in the last year, which we'll get to what I'm doing now, but in this last couple of months, I'm blown away that so many real estate agents do not track their leads, do yeah. not track their where their business is coming from. So trying to help them figure out where their business is coming from and then grow that can just grow their can that I mean that can grow their business so much. And back then it was more product, right now it's more tactical. Hmm. Okay, so did you do you do you recall any any time during that 05 to 07 or maybe near the end of 07 where you had like what you would consider a breakthrough in your career? What happened? You know, honestly, I feel like I didn't have a breakthrough until I came to Loan Depot. Okay. Um, well, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had um I had a rough go at it. So from the broker shop, I could feel the market starting to change. I ended up in a call center. Yeah. So again, grinding. I was great on the phone. I was like 33 years old and I was the oldest one there. It was kind of funny. Um, then 2007, like as soon as the calendar changed, um, I was one of the first people to lose my job. Huh. So I ended up losing my job three or four times that year. Finally, July of 2007, I ended up as an in-house mortgage in an in-house. I was an in-house lender for a real estate company. And honestly, that's probably where things really started to take off for me. Yep. until 2008 happened. But that's where things really started to take off for me. Like, okay, this is where I'm going to be. This is this is how I'm going to do it. I really started to understand underwriting guidelines. I was in a fishbowl. I was in the trenches with agents. Yep. So once I got to like live with them, that's when things really started to take off for me for a while. And it was it just because proximity to the agents, like you, your relationships got bigger and better? Well, what I found was a lot of in-house agents, a lot of the people that I worked with in-house felt entitled to their business. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm the one sitting here. Why aren't you using me? Yep. And that wasn't the approach I took. I took the approach that I have the privilege and the access to you. I want you to want to use me. Yep. And I talked to them. I learned what they liked. I learned what they didn't like. You know, I, I knew who loved to hear that they just lost weight or who just came from the gym or learned about their kids and they loved that kind of stuff. So I was a person to them mm -hmm. and that the, I, I was interested in them sometimes a lot more than I wanted to be, but I was interested. I wanted to hear about their kids and their dogs and their weight loss problems and their trying to quit smoking and all these things. And yes. it was just, I felt like a therapist sometimes because they would just come in my office and just unload and then, oh, by the way, I have a client for you to call kind of a thing. You know, but you just can't downplay real human connection. No. You know, you weren't there treating them like, you know, a vending machine and I show up and you give me a lead. You showed interest in other people. And shockingly, that starts building trust and rapport. Right. And then it was like, you know, they were like, oh, by the way, I have a so-and-so. And then, you know, the top agents in the office would, would, start to kind of they wanted to see consistency because that at the time that seat had been a revolving door for like every year that that seat would be a revolving door so of course so a lot I've of the top that. agents weren't trusting me yet and then as time went on they <laughs> did start to trust me more and i started to pick up momentum 
So that was so that was probably 2000. That was like that was like the fall, the, the summer of 2007, mm-hmm. maybe going into 2008. So then the credit crisis hit. What happened to you or what were you doing? So I was at the in-house lender and a lot of the agents like stopped working. Um, Feels like like this year. I know, you you know, I was like, it was great that I had a 50% capture rate, but 50% of zero was zero. Um, The real estate office went through a huge hit. And a friend of mine was actually, um, he was working in a doctor's office doing, um, he did LASIK. So he was like, hey, listen, I heard what happened to Lehman Brothers. I feel like it was like right at that same time that Lehman Brothers, I had a loan that was cleared to close. And the at the last second, we're like two days from closing. The underwriter threw a condition on there that they wanted them to sell their co-op before we could close. And they hadn't asked for that. So now the agent was mad. And I was just like, I just didn't know where I was going to go at this point. And I was like, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I have the stomach to do this again. And um, so a friend of mine said, why don't you come work? Listen, I heard what happened. Why don't you just come work at the doctor's office for a while? I need help selling LASIK. So I was (laughs) like, well, you know, I want to give this a chance first. I was like, you know what? You're going to pay me money just to show up every day for a while. Okay. So I ended up doing that from October. It was pretty much exactly a year, like October 2008 to October 2009. And then October 2009, my boss called me back. He's like, and at that point, I was missing the business because yep. now my friend had bought a house. Yep. I could, I was paying attention to what was going on in the market. I was already thinking I want to come back. My NMLS number had stayed. It never yep. changed. So um, so a year, exactly a year later, 2009, um, I, my boss called me. He's like, what will it take for you to come back? secretly i'm like well let me think about it but in my heart i'm like please take me back and and i feel like in that year i had grown as a person i i knew not to get upset about appraisals coming in low i knew how to handle clients when their credit wasn't good if they didn't work i knew how to handle an agent who was flipping out in my office for because you know their client didn't qualify so i felt like i had grown as a person and i was able to be professional now and not, not worry so much about, you know, I wasn't going to be emotional in this business. It was going to be, I was going to be professional about it. And, and when I came back, I got licensed in 2010 and then it's just been, you know, it's just been a great ride ever since. So you dive back into the industry. What, what are the core things that you're doing and have been doing that has led to your success that if somebody was like, okay, Tammy, give me like, I, I want I want what you have. What are the core things I need to focus on? What would be your advice? So the first thing is you have to be consistent. Realtors are not going to respect you if you're not consistent. I am one of those people that I call 50 realtors every Monday. I've been doing it for two years. Okay. Okay. So this is this is the first. We're going to have to st- st- stick here for a minute then because you call 50 realtors on Monday and you've been doing it for how long? Two years. Okay. Whoo. How did you start doing that? How was the reaction? Because I now know some are now expecting it because it's been two years. But like, I got to imagine you just like, hey, it's Tammy. Like, so give us the progression of this. So I'm at a coaching program. And what I love about this coaching program is it's very tactical. Yep. Um, where I'm in the core and there's our our coach is he's a drill sergeant. You know, he said, if you're in the army, 
and they tell you to drop and do 20 push-ups, there's no negotiating the 20 push-ups. It's drop and do 20 push-ups. When I was in cheerleading, I was in sports, we had to exercise and work out and do all these things. And it wasn't just the cheering part. It was a lot of endurance and all that. So I kind of equated it to that. So I was at the point in my career where it's like, I need to get to 50 million. I want to get to 100 million next. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. If you tell me to stand on my head for a half hour every day, I will do it. So every day, it's the same thing. And, you know, the grind is not sexy, but it works. And when I'm doing it for two years, and now you're right, people expect it. People notice when they're not on that list anymore. So So, how do you make this list? Who are these people? And what do you say when you call them? Okay, so the first, so when I started the list, it was basically everybody I had done business with and all the listings. So I started with the people I liked because that's that was the easiest part of the list. Who are the people I like? Um, Then it was, who do I want to do business with? And then who likes me, but we're not doing business with? So so two years ago, building the list was, and it's constantly a changing list. So anybody who's on that list, it's constantly changing. I look at it every month and I'm changing, tweaking, updating, people on, people off. Um, so the one thing I don't do is I always imagine, like, if you remember the scene from Oliver Twist, where I imagine Mikey, like, putting a scene from Oliver Twist in the middle of his podcast. <laughs> right now. yeah, Right now. Um, but if you imagine the scene from Oliver Twist, where they're like, please, sir, I want more. That is the vision that I don't want with my yes. agents. Yes. So I don't call them up and say, hi, it's Tammy. Can I have some leads, please? Can I have some leads? No. In fact, I call them up and say, hey, it's Tammy Cranage. Happy Monday. I want to talk to you today about Lock and Shop. With the inventory the way it is and the rates going up like they are, how great would it be if your clients could lock their interest rate before they find a house? If you have anybody who's worried about interest rates, please call me back. And then I say to them, if it's someone I know, it's like, Hey, Alec, it's Tammy Cranage. No need to call me back. Here's what I'm sharing with my agents this week. And you do that every single week for actually give yourself three months, do it every single week for three months. You'll start to notice. And now when I do happy hours and I see them at around, they're like, you're on her list. I'm on her list. That's great. I'm so excited to be on the list. So don't, um, and actually I want to say, don't underestimate those phone calls because I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, I don't want to call realtors. I'm not gonna, I'm not into cold calling realtors. You don't have to cold call them. It's fine with me. I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> and so do you notice on those calls the you ever have a lack of like, oh crap, I don't know what to bring them today in terms of value. I don't know what to say today. And how do you handle that? So there are moments where I'm like, oh man, I just don't know. Like there are there are moments where I don't feel like calling them. There are moments where I, uh, you know, it's a holiday and I know they're not going to answer or it's Christmas time and I know they're not going to answer. So that's where I have to like, I have a lot of resources where I go to. I have a lot of colleagues in the core. So sometimes I'll reach out to them. Hey, what are you guys talking about today? Sometimes I go into MBS highway and pull some information from there. Um, But I really start thinking about it. Usually I start thinking about it like over the weekend Okay, what's going on? What's a success story? And the one thing I do that a lot of a lot of loan officers fail to do is I make it about them. You mm-hmm. have to make it about them. Um, I've 
this year I'm getting better about asking for the business because I find, I feel like the mistake I was making is I wasn't asking for the business because I assumed that they knew why I was calling. Yep. But now I'm to the point where I'm just blunt, honest with them. It's like, yep. listen, I want to audition for a spot on your real estate team. So if your lender is not giving you five-star service, let me know. And I just say it. I don't care anymore. Now I don't even apologize. So Vincent's asking, um, same realtors every week. And I think you said it's it does change. It changes, right. It, you know, but I'm looking for the ones who are doing business. So if if they're not doing business or I talk to them and they're like, I just have no listings, I have no leads, and they're not willing to learn any new tactics or willing to put anything you know, then they might be someone that goes in my, I love them, but they're not going to get a call on Monday list. So I'm looking for ballers. And when you make it about them, he's saying, you know, you're bringing value, you're bringing lock and chop ideas, you're bringing things that they could use to go get deals, you know, yes. inviting them to your class. Is, it's mortgage news and information that will help them sell more real estate. So I will tell you this, realtors do not want to hear us blather about underwriting guidelines mm. like they, they don't care about the latest update with condos they just care how it's going to impact them they don't care that the they don't care that the um the lending limit the loan limits increased they they, <laughs> they don't care i saw so many posts about that they don't care they do care that because the lending limits went up, now their buyer who's an $800,000 buyer only has to put 5% down and is no longer a jumbo person and doesn't have to do 20% down. So you have to take that news and make it about them. Like, why do they care? Why do they care about lock and shop? They're not buying the house. So, so I, I have to ask you, Tammy, how long does it take you to call 50 people on Monday? Um, it probably takes me, I start at 9.30. I'm usually done by three. So it's a grinding a day. I make my assistant bring me water. She orders my lunch for me. I make sure I have breakfast and I start at 930 and I have my video ready. I have my my script ready um, and I go and I just yep. go and go and go and go. I've gotten to the point now where if I need to use ladies room, I will put my earbuds in. I can make a call there and I can make a call back. So. I try to be super efficient with my time because I don't want to be doing this all day. And and how many of the calls would you estimate just go to voicemail? Um, so on any Monday, I call all 50. I'll probably talk to about 12 to 15, maybe 20. Yep. To, on a like in a market like that, like way things are right now, I'll probably get about 15 to 20 on the phone. Yep. And then I keep them on the phone for three minutes. I'm really good about not letting them like because some of them will just talk. So I keep yeah. it for three minutes. And then, um, so yeah, so it's yeah. about three, keeping them through the, and that's, that's kind of how I do it. So. And and do you, do you walk out of Monday with leads? A lot of times I do. Yeah. The ones yeah, I, I mean, talk to, shocking. a lot of them will say, oh, I was waiting for you to call. I knew you were going to call me today. And it, um, so, okay, so I have to say Monday, like this past Monday, we got, four leads. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's simple. It's, it's not about going viral on TikTok, and it works. So don't, yeah, yeah. Vince is like, I'm doing this right now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I've got my 50 agents, a, a Monday call. What other core strategy tactics do you find that are, that are important to you that you think, could, you know, contribute to your success? 
Well, the other thing that I do is I hear big complaints. So on Tuesday, I call all my clients who are under contract. A big complaint I hear is we never hear from the loan officer again. They pass it on to their team and then we never hear from them again. So on Tuesday, I call all my clients who are under contract. And I got to say, this was really hard to do back last year when I had, you know, a very full pipeline. Yes. Um, it's very difficult to do. And sometimes I would tell my client, sometimes it was a text, sometimes it was an email, but I got to all of them. And it goes a long way because then on Thursday, I call my database. And so I always tell them, okay, so you go from this day to this day to this day. And now they're, you know, they go from the Tuesday call and then they're moved to a Thursday call and they remember that. Yep. And then they're invited for pie every Thanksgiving. So you know, they remember, they, they remember that I kept in touch with them. Yes. My processor talked to them a lot during the process and I prepare them for it. My yeah. team handles all the administrative stuff, which yep, if you but- saw the beginning of the show, you know, I'm not really good with administrative stuff. So they handle that, but I'm going, I'm your, I'm your point person. If you can't sleep at night, if you need me to walk you through this again, I am here for you. And I, and I really am there for them. So we got the Monday calls. We got the Tuesday past customer touch base. What are the what are the core things that that if loan officers should be doing? So on Wednesday, I call my pre-approvals, and I divide them into 30, 60, 90, 120. Yep. And it used to be a lot easier to do that, but now that they're getting beyond 120, a little more, it's starting to get a little bit. That's becoming a more of a challenge. Yeah. I treat my pre-approvals like they're real loans. Yeah. Because so many times they will say, "Oh, well." I didn't hear from you, so I went with this guy. I know. Yep. Ugh. It's a tragedy. It's so upsetting to me. Losing a pre-approval hurts more than losing a lead or even a loan in pipeline, honestly. So on Wednesday, I focus on my pre-approvals. We've got it divided up. Everybody who's 30 days from, and I use credit reports as a gauge because that's how we can easily pull it in our CRM. I pull the ones for 30 days out. Who are Whose who's credit's 30 days new, 60 days out, and I do it like that. Okay. And that is surprisingly, and that helps me call realtors because now I can call the realtor and say, hey, just so you know, I spoke to John Smith and they're going to be looking again. Their lease is up in March. They're going to be looking again starting in April. So I won't yep. really get there. And guess what? That realtor completely forgot about John Smith. Of course they did. <laughs> and then Thursday is my database. And then Friday, I call all my old leads. So anybody who hadn't converted from the week before, I try to go back as much as I can. I call um, all my whales. So, and my whale agents know who they are. And I tell them, you are an awesome agent. I am an awesome loan officer and we should do business together. And I'm going to keep calling you until you let me meet with you and tell you how I can audition for your team. Um, so good. That's so good. And, I want to go back real quick though, because we've skipped yes. something too fast. P- database, past customers. What does that look like? T- like li- literally, what are you doing? So I use HomeBot for okay. to help me with that. Okay. And I first started using HomeBot as a way to get refi business because sure. they go in there and then it's attached to Mortgage Coach and they yep. they would. So that was my first thing with it. But then I realized it actually gives them updates on their house. It actually is an AI that keeps thinking and remembering and changing. So. I don't always remember what to say to these people. So I'm like, hey, Alec, um, it's your Tuesday app. It's your Thursday call. Um, you bought your house. Happy house anniversary. 
Yeah. I wanted to let you know, did you know that you've got about $30,000 in equity since you bought the house last year? Okay. I don't know that. Homebot told me. Homebot told me that. Homebot told me, reminded me that they had PMI. Homebot told me what they could do to pay the mortgage off quicker. So there's something in there that I can use to do those annual reviews and um, update calls with them. How so many my past update calls are, you, divided. are you reaching? Huh? Again? Okay. How many past customers do you think you call on that day? So I, I go by 30, 60, 90. So whoever closed 30 days ago, 60 days ago, 90 days ago, and then I go one year back. Okay. So it could be about, it's well, unfortunately now my 30 days and 60 days have gotten a little light yep. for right now. Um, but, but there were, there were times where it could be 20, 25 phone calls in a day. And did you ever ask for business? You, you came with some talking points. What, how did you kind of get leads from it? Um, I would ask them for business. I would tell them, hey, did my team do a great job for you? Yes. Tammy, the fact that you keep in touch with us is great. Listen, uh, you know, my business is I'm a referral based organization. I don't pay for leads. Do you know anybody right now? Um, anyone in school, anyone that's at your desk with that I can get business from? And I like everybody else, that's probably the thing I'm, I'm, I need to spend more time on is my database because I know I can get leads. I know I can probably get more leads out of it if I was a little bit more consistent with it. It's probably, Thursday is probably the day I'm the least consistent with and the day I really need to get better at. Okay. Are there any other core strategies throughout the weeks and months that you do that loan officers need to pay attention to to, to drive business? Um, the one thing that the core has been talking about for a long time that I just never was great at were lunch and learns. Um, I never really, I'm not good with PowerPoint presentations. I don't know how to, I know how to talk and teach, but I don't have all the cool stuff to make it look nice. Um, and this year, uh, a friend of mine who was in the core, he put together a, uh, uh, it's a lunch and learn, loan officer lunch and learn system. And he basically has about 40 lunch and learns already done, already changed, edit, drop in your information, here are the handouts, here's the text, here's the email to write, here's the social media post, boom, all you gotta do is show up. And I just had my first one. So I've done lunch and learns before with, they were dismal. Yeah. This one I just did with the board of realtors. We had 25 people RSVP and we had 15 show up. There you so go. It was there so good. I guess it was so good that a real estate office has invited me back so that I could do it again for them on Tuesday. So, I so love that, that, is, that is my strategy for this year is to focus on those lunch and learns. Killer, 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 killer. All right. So Tammy, let's, let's go a, a slightly different direction for a few minutes. Um, let's talk about mindset and kind of, you know, how, how, how do you deal with the stress of the industry, the stress of, you know, um, obviously the stress of this down cycle. Um, and then, and then what could someone, you know, what does somebody's need to get their headspace in, in order to kind of continue to win here? What are you doing? Let's, let's, I want to hear your thoughts on that. So because I knew I was in a 2002 refi boom, I knew that it wasn't going to last. Yes. So when we went through that, I told my husband, buckle up because this is going to be a crazy ride. And then we're going to, it's hopefully we won't, but if we hit a brick wall at the end of this, at least we've saved up our money. So yep. we, we were really diligent about saving our money. I saved 30% of my commission. Um, we got all of our bills paid, all of our debt paid. And then when we hit a slowdown like this, it's okay. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we, 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 I, we saved our money because we knew this might happen. Yep. Although I secretly hoped it wouldn't, or I secretly kind of hoped I had gotten past the worst of it. I have to say, I was like, oh, this is fine. I'm good. Um, I want to say I didn't live in denial about it, but I refused to let that be the reason I wasn't going to succeed. I refused to let that be the reason I wasn't going to make Chairman's Elite. Yeah. Um, if I had to scratch and claw my way to Chairman's Elite, I was going to scratch and claw my way to Chairman's Elite. There's once you taste that, you can't go backwards. So yeah. I, I, I had to just tell myself, is what you're working on right now going to get you to the next step? And I was tired like everyone else. I needed yep. a break. You know, I didn't, I was working on vacations and I just had to tell myself, you know what, you got to make hay when the sun is shining. And, and mm -hmm. I just focused on that. And you know what, now I'm working a lot and I'm working hard and the results are not, are not showing up as quick as I'd like, but mm -hmm. I know they will. And, and that being in the business for a long time, you know, it's just, it's just part of the, it's just the way it is. It's just the way our business is. Yeah. And, you know, for everyone listening to that has not gone through a down cycle, you know, what Tammy's really talking about is the reality that in, in some of these cycles, you have to plant seeds and you're not harvesting, you know, the results. And so, you know, every one of these calls that Tammy's making, the 50 calls, you know, maybe maybe she's not getting the, the lead velocity from it that she got in 2020 or 2021. But, you know, every single one of those touch points is a relationship builder, is a connection point. It's a seed in the ground. And so if you've never gone through a down cycle, those seeds are crucially important because they predict how bountiful, you know, your results are going to be later as they as they bear fruit. So it's thanks for saying that. It's it's a really core point. You just have to put your head down and and just keep going. Just yep. keep going because yep. it, it will change. Everything changes. Well, and to your point, you know, about that the joke you made is like, I don't care if you make the calls or not, because I know what I'm going to do it. There is, a, there is a core reality here that there's going to be people that, that just can't do any of this stuff. They just, they just, it, it's too hard. And, and for them, they're not emotionally prepared. They're not willing to put in the price to pay the price. And so they're not going to make it. Um, and that's okay too. Meaning everyone should have their life, you know, live their best life, but right. there will be a thinning of the herd happening in lending, which is, is good for those that can fight through. I have a friend of mine who, if he's watching, he knows who he is. He's really, really good at doing Facebook ads, really mm -hmm. good at it. He's gotten to the point now where he gets so many Facebook ads that he had to hire um, a, a telemarketing company that he has now gotten his own telemarketing company. And he's able to convert those leads. And, you know, I'm jealous of him because he could do these Facebook ads like in his sleep. <laughs> And we'll talk sometimes and he's like, well, I'm jealous of you because you're always going to have realtors because you can do this. So I, from talking to him, everybody has their thing and they just have to own it and and commit to it. That's the thing, too. You have to find what works for you and commit and don't look else. Don't look anywhere else. Just commit to what you're good at and that will and it will work. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, there are multiple ways to be successful in lending. Um, and then, but the one thing that is underlying truth that you heard Tammy say 17,000 times is, is consistency. If you can't be consistent, it doesn't matter how many times, what you're doing, it, it will never bear fruit because you'll be all over the board. Mm -hmm. That's a hundred percent true. And the so, agents know. Let me ask you this, Tammy, what, what, why do you stay in lending in 20 years? What, what, what makes you stay here? So I've asked myself that question a lot. Um, <laughs> 
people will say to me, if you were in lending, what would you do? And at this point, I don't know what I would do. At this point, I'm done. The minute this, I'm out. I'm done now. Um, um, but I actually got the answer to that question a couple years ago. Um, a recruiter from, um, I don't even know, it was a paycheck company. I think it was Paychex, actually. Oh. A recruiter from Paychex called me and they were like, hey, you know, I know you're very successful in lending, but would you like to come and just talk to us? We're, we're looking to grow this. And, you know, we're, I'm trying, I'm a recruiter for Paychex and I'm trying to reach outside the box. And I was like, all right, whatever. I don't mind hearing what other people have to say. I had no intention of leaving, but I was curious to see what other kind of sales jobs were even out there. Um, and I went through the interview process and what I really appreciated about being in lending is that yeah. My agents need me. My agents need me to be able to explain an appraisal gap strategy. They yep. need people who understand how a buyer incentive work. They need to understand how a seller incentive work. They need to understand this stuff. And there's so many lenders out there who, because it's so easy, so much, it's easy to get into our business. It's hard to stay in it, but yes. You think just having a charming personality is going to to do it, and that will work some some sometimes. But until you're in the trenches and helping a realtor, like this is their so for some of them, they get paid twelve times a year. That's it, and it's up to us to make sure that that commission that they get that commission check. It's up to us to convert those yeah. leads for them. It's up to us. A lot of times we're really the thing that stands between them and a paycheck. And when I felt responsible for their paycheck, that's kind of when things became, that's kind of when the rubber hit the road, if you will, like yeah. my agents need me. And when I stopped, when I started thinking like that, it became less of about sales and more about helping people. I love that perspective. That's, that's super, super helpful. And then we're getting the shout out back from the mortgages for dummies from back in the day. So that's great. You got the, the only one i am gonna find the book i have it at home i'll post it so you, you gotta to post it. it all right so what is what is your best piece of advice for an originator facing this market today so you are never going to starve in a purchase market so my advice is re, like i was purchased by day refi by night yeah. i looked at refi business like a part-time job so during the day when everybody else was working their refis, I still grinded calling my realtors. And it was so much harder back at that point, grinding my realtors, call my pre-approvals, keeping that stuff moving because I knew it wasn't going to last. So if you are someone who focuses on your refi business, it's not too late to flip that and focus on a purchase business. Realtors are tougher to work with. Their loyalty there's not a lot in the way of loyalty, but when you're consistent and you have a lot of them, that it gets easier. It doesn't yep. get, I should say this, it doesn't get easier, you get better. That's and, it. And then you'll be okay and you'll never starve. You'll never starve in a, um, oh, I love Mara. Um, you'll never starve in a purchase market. Yep, uh, it's fantastic advice. Tammy, thanks for hanging with me today. This has been super fun. The time's flying by. And I, I want to just have encourage every originator to hear the same truths we had from multiple great producers. Multi, there are multiple ways for success in lending. Find the ones you like, get challenged in the ones of others. Just like Tammy said, you're gonna get better, you're gonna get stronger and just stay consistent. 
and you will win. Tammy, thank you. You're awesome. And uh, look forward to hanging with you later. For everybody else, appreciate you. And we'll see you on the internet. Thank you.